Shit We've Read is a proud member of Bilo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now let's talk about some books. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Okay, that's enough of that. I don't want to get sued. Hello, Internet Bookworms, and welcome to the season two premiere of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi fantasy book podcast now hosted by three geeky friends. My name is Jason Rico, and I will be one of your hosts for this episode, where we will be discussing Star Wars Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Joining me on this episode, as always, is my co-host, Laura Benson. May the fourth be with you, Laura. May the fourth be with you. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, we took a little bit of break, but I'm glad to finally be back talking about books again. And now joining us also on this episode is our new co-host, Bella Romero. Hey, Bella. Hey, guys. It's official. This is a real yeah. episode. It is, yes. <laughs> We've already introduced you in our mini-sode yes. where we got to meet you, but now this is the first official full-length episode where we're actually talking about a book, although you've been on the podcast before, so this is old news to you already. Yeah, I've been on episodes before, but this really is like, it's it's a new ball game being a co-host. I don't get to just, you know, fuck up and run away. Like I kind of have to keep doing a good job. <laughs> so sure. probably shouldn't swear as much either. So I'll work on oh, that, Rico. I but yeah, I don't think I care. Who cares? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're telling me I can use the F word a lot. I'm ready to do it. This is Star Wars. It's I think all podcast apps automatically put us as an explicit because we have shit in our name. Oh. Whether we cuss or have explicit content, it yeah. doesn't matter. So fuck it. Let's go into it, you know? So yeah. Like, so we really have to like lean into it then. Hell yeah. Might as well. Me. Yeah. Might as well. It's part of the brand. <laughs> <laughs> our brand identity. Profanity. <laughs> Profane book reading for sci-fi and fantasy notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about a Star Wars book today. Now, why Star Wars book, you ask? Great question. Um, a few different reasons. First and foremost, if you've listened to the show before, you've probably noticed that I think pretty much on almost every episode at some point, we've mentioned Star Wars. Yep. Um, <laughs> sometimes organically, sometimes not. We're just geeks and it always comes up. So why not talk about Star Wars? Secondly... This episode is releasing on May 4th, which, if you're a Star Wars fan, is May the 4th, as in May the Force be with you. So, honestly, it was proclaimed by the Force itself that we needed to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, the Force decided for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> However, before we talk about the book, as always, we'd like to discuss the other shit we're reading. Laura, uh, what are you currently reading? I actually just started um, The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. Schreffer? Elliot Schreffer? I don't know how to say the last name. It's a sci-fi kind of uh, space story. It's LGBTQ. It's about two young adults, I guess. <laughs> it's really cute so far. I was under the assumption it, it's a romance, but it it's also leaning like really good, like a good amount into the actual sci-fi story part also, which is definitely more my thing. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of Project Hail Mary, 
Um, really? okay. And like, like the the wittiness of the main character and like his inner monologue. It's just, it's a little, it's different because it's, it's a, I think he's 17, 18 years old. I, I think I want to say around there. So it's not quite the same, but um, I get the kind of like the same vibes from it. So I, uh, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the end. Cause there's some, there's definitely some weird stuff going on. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, because you mentioned Project Hail Mary. Bella, have you read Project Hail Mary yet? I have not, no. Oh, you have to. It's so good. Oh, it's my favorite. It's so I good. feel like every time we get together, my list of books to read just gets like 10 times thicker. So I'll just add that to <laughs> That's the pile why we're here. That's of shit I need to read. I would say yeah. put that one like towards the top of your yeah. list. Like yeah. it's so wow. good. I yeah, if I can got... use a Disney Fast Pass for that book, please put it at the top of your list. Yeah. I even I even got my husband to listen to the audiobook and he's not he's not a reader or anything, but he loved it. And he got so excited when he found out that they are uh working on making it into a movie. <laughs> oh, well that see, that to me like also interests me because I try to read the books before they become movies. So okay, okay. That gives me some incentive to, to put it at the top of the pile. I'm so glad you're on the right side of that argument because Laura is not on the right side of that argument. I like to judge a movie without the source material because sometimes sometimes they got to make changes to it to make it work. So I, I try to see if the movie is good on its own and then I like to read the source material and then decide from there which one I like most. It still is usually the book. <laughs> At least you recognize that, so that's okay. <laughs> Uh, Bella, what have you been reading recently? Well, I've been reading. I feel like I've been reading a lot lately, um, mostly, you know, prepping for this podcast. So Malice and Misrule by Heather Walter is our next episode. And so I've been reading those and they are very good so far. So already recommending those to our listeners. Um, I've also been, <laughs> this is my shame, um, I love Bridgerton. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> fell in love with the series, started to read the books, love those more. Um, and I've just, I already listened to the first six, like when the first season came out in 2020. And now I'm rereading or re-listening to them. I listen to them on audiobook because they're like such a good, like before bed, like you don't really miss much. There's nothing substantive. Like it really is just really good romantic fluff. Um, and love it. So I fall asleep to it. So I already went through like my favorite ones. There's ones I don't like. I feel like that's more of an after dark conversation. Um, but I've been re-listening to them and then I've been, uh, I finally read the seventh and eighth books for Hyacinth and Gregory, uh, Bridgerton. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. I'm just trying to find other romance books for after dark. You know, I, remembered how much I love Bridgerton so I'm really just like okay what what are we doing let me uh let me start forming an opinion and reading some more books so I've been doing a lot of research lately I feel like on books, like <laughs> really collecting like a list of things to read and borrow and uh gonna get my teacher discount at Barnes and Noble soon hopefully hey. so yeah it's happening so really just kind of leaning into the romance genre right now it's the right vibe for the weird cold weather we've been having that's very so. true. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. Sweet. 
really quickly, just sharing what I've been reading recently. The last series I read was the Bobiverse series by Dennis E. Taylor. Uh, that series is so freaking good. Laura, you would love it. I it's, know. It's very in the vein of the Martian, Project Hail Mary, like a Ready Player One. Not so much, not quite that far, but um, it's great. It, the premise is a guy pays to get his brain put, put on ice when he dies. And then he wakes up as an artificial intelligence in the future as part of the ships that are designed to go out into space that are all essentially clones. So they're all AI versions of him mm. that duplicate and move on and move on. And just this whole wacky kind of society based on just one person. And I don't want to say anything more than that, but it's really good. It's super fun. It's super smart. Um, Two different people recommended it to me, totally independently, and uh, they were both on the money with it. So thank you both to uh, Matt and Kyle. And yeah, yeah, it's been on my list for a while. I'm going to use the Disney Fast Pass on you too, and I make you move that up. <laughs> okay, just like you made me read Annihilation, I'm going to make you read this one. I, I'm on. I'm kind of on a book ban right now. <laughs> okay, well, whenever that's over. <laughs> I need wow. I need to get through a lot of these books. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. But I will I will put it at the top for when Thank I you. can buy more. Thank you. You can keep skipping. I just want it to be at the top of your list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the book we're actually here to talk about, which, as I mentioned, is Star Wars: Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. It is the first book in the new High Republic era of the Disney Star Wars canon, uh, which I will explain a little bit more about what that is. However, let's just kind of get into the synopsis of what this book is about. Bella, would you like to read the synopsis for us? Absolutely. Long before the First Order, before the Empire, before the Clone Wars, Jedi lit the way for the galaxy in the High Republic. It is a golden age. Intrepid hyperspace scouts expand the reach of the Republic to the farthest stars. Worlds flourish under the benevolent leadership of the Senate, and peace reigns, enforced by the wisdom and strength of the renowned order of Force users known as the Jedi. But even the brightest light can cast a shadow, and some storms defy any preparation. When a shocking catastrophe in hyperspace tears a ship to pieces, the flurry of shrapnel emerging from the disaster threatens an entire system. Even as the Jedi battle valiantly against Calamity, something truly deadly grows beyond the boundary of the Republic. A threat hides in the darkness, far from the light of the age, and harbors a secret that could strike fear into even a Jedi's heart. Thank you for that. Um, As always, let's get into non-spoiler first impressions of the book. Actually, let me back up a little bit. I should say, this is both your first star wars book correct uh no but yes but yeah okay explain (laughs) what so (laughs) (laughs) in preparation for this episode i realized that i have read star wars books before but this is kind of a new beast the books that i read are no longer canon like i read the ones that were published in like the late 80s 90s Mm. 2000s that are no longer rec- they've been retconned by the movies um specifically 789 um thanks jj so and i don't remember them very well so 
I, I read them in maybe elementary school, junior high. So I don't even remember the names. I tried to look up which ones I had read. Um, I couldn't even find the one because I don't remember the title. I just remember it had to do with Leia <laughs> and this guy that liked her, but it wasn't Han Solo. I don't remember. It was sort of like a what if series um, within Star hmm. Wars. So that was really interesting. Like she becomes a Sith in that. Oh, um, interesting. Don't remember the books. I tried really hard to find them, you guys. Um, and I also read the novel accompaniments for episode one, which were these journals for Anakin and Padme, um, which were really interesting. Uh, they were scholastic books. Like they were meant for kids. I loved them. Like I found them in the library and just like devoured them because they were familiar characters and kept it pretty simple. And it was sort of like the moments leading into episode one. So you already had the context for what was happening if you if you'd watched the movie at that point. So, oh, and I'd also read the novelization of episodes four, five, and six. So, yeah, I have read Star Wars books was the moral of the story, but like not really <laughs> the same as this that we're going to discuss. This, okay. felt, this felt very different. Okay. All yeah. right. So you're, you're, you're a noobish. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I've dipped my toe in the water. I wouldn't say I read Star Wars books, okay. but I have read them. Okay. And what about you, Laura? This is your first one? Uh, yeah. Well, not novels, the Star Wars novels I haven't read before. I have read some of the graphic novels here and there. Right. Um, but obviously those aren't as in-depth as, as a novel. So yeah, this was the first one that I've read. Okay. So, so knowing that, uh, and again, before you give your first impressions, I'm going to ask a question. Did this book feel like a Star Wars book? Whatever that means to you. Yes. Laura. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh okay. yes. Let's let's say yes. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> all right. So then what are your first impressions? Uh I I did not really enjoy it <laughs> overall. All right. Uh I felt like at least the first half was just exposition. Literally, like, constantly, every page, some kind of exposition. And I kept thinking, maybe this this detail is uh, important later. Maybe I need to know this for later. And then I, I don't. I don't need to know it. <laughs> and so I... I, I uh, I just kind of started getting bored and I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, what are we, what's, what's going on? What are, what's, where's the story going? Um, and then I didn't know if I was going to finish the book in time. So I checked out the audiobook from the library and I was like, man, I should have just been listening to the audiobook the whole time because the audiobook made it so much more exciting because the narrator, it was amazing, and there's, like, Star Wars sound effects, and, like, that made it a lot better. <laughs> uh, it made a lot of the characters way more interesting to me. But I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I went into it expecting something different, but I, I don't know what I was expecting. Okay. All right, thank you for that, Bella. 
<laughs> your face says you have a lot to say. So I would like to copy and paste all of what Laura said. Um, I felt very similar where I did not like reading the book. I did prefer the audiobook because I just had a feeling that this was something I was supposed to listen to. Like it would kind of list, it would sound more like a Star Wars movie or something um, being read to me. And I was right. And the sound effects were great. I think that really helped with some of the like, the droid beeped twice. Like, okay, like what does that sound like? Like we we all know R2 and C-3PO beep very differently. And like that's part of what makes Star Wars so great to me is some of that audio engineering that is mm-hmm. that at the time was so revolutionary uh pioneering actually um and so i i missed that i, I love star wars visually i realized in reading this book um because i did not like the exposition the level of exposition that there was i'm all about exposition don't get me wrong it helps you understand the book but i felt like i was being explained every little thing about these characters that you can just show in a movie or a TV show. Like it made it three times longer to the point where I was on like chapter 18 <laughs> and was like, I'm not even halfway through this book and it's chapter 18. Cause they were, they were short chapters, but there was a, there was also a lot going on. I think that the different viewpoints, <laughs> the number of characters it was really hard. And the, like all of the names are so different. All of these characters are so unique. It was really hard <laughs> to keep track of what mm-hmm. was going on with who, uh, which made me realize why I like the movies because there's a visual. Like I could not tell you the alien race of every Jedi, but I could identify them so quickly watching the movie be like oh yeah they're in this scene in this movie and this is what happens blah 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 blah. so i had a really hard time sticking with this uh it was really hard to read i almost fell asleep because i was like (laughs) like so many details so much exposition where am i like and then listening to the audiobook i was having an extra hard time because i can i like start tuning it out at some point because i had I was sewing a dress at the same time because I needed to do that. Um, And I was like, wait, what just happened? Someone's jumping out of a ship. I do that too. What the heck? It was like, (laughs) I I just felt like there was so much going on that this book made it really hard to pay attention to every little thing, but then also know what was important. So I'm with Laura on that one. I'm not a huge fan (laughs) I'm a big Star Wars nerd. You know me. I mean, I love Star Wars, but I I have often said that I don't love their novelizations. And this is a big reason why, because I just don't think it translates very well in book form. I think it's really hard when they try to make like the 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 space opera fit in a book. Um versus like those one-off stories that they do about, you know, the queen's tale or like the journals that I read, like one-off characters about what they're experiencing, totally manageable, totally digestible. Um, But this was not in my opinion. Like I was very confused most of the time and I don't have the back background of like what the high Republic is. Like I did kind of come into it 
And I was happy. I'm glad that I came into it this way without that background and context. So I think that was um, really interesting. So for our listeners who are not Star Wars fans or who are like me and like the movies exclusively, I feel well, I'm you. really glad you say that. I'm really glad actually you said that you came in without any background because um, I have some background I want to share with everybody Ooh, before okay. I give my first impressions. Because I think it's important to know where this book sits in the Star Wars canon. So The High Republic itself is a multimedia project consisting of various stories from the Star Wars franchise set during the High Republic sub-era of the Age of Republic, roughly 200 years before the Star Wars films and 800 years after the fall of the Old Republic. So if you're not a big Star Wars fan, that a lot of that probably is not going to make any sense to you. But basically, Disney, they had the rights to Star Wars. They decided, we want to put out new novels in the uncharted area of the timeline. And so this is where they decided to be. Uh, the series is divided into three phases. The first is Light of the Jedi, which will run up until the end of this year. And then the second phase, Quest of the Jedi, starting at the end of this year. And then the third phase, Trials of the Jedi, coming at a later date. This project was first teased in April of 2019 as Project Luminous. And then officially started in September 2018 with invitations to Star Wars authors Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule to Skywalker Ranch. And Lucasfilm offered them all a blank slate to determine the project. So this entire project was really created from the minds of these authors, brand new. So there is no real backstory or homework you need to know to get into these books. It's kind of a fresh slate, other than knowing that it exists in Star Wars. There's going to be lightsabers and blasters and droids and space. And that's really all you need to know. That said, it is a really tall order to introduce a brand new era with a bunch of characters that people do not know. So my feelings of the book entirely mirror both of yours that it just, it was difficult to get into because everything was brand new overall for me, this book had way too many perspectives and it made it really hard to care about any of the characters because you're introduced to brand new Jedi masters and their Padawans and you're introduced to a brand new villain. It's not even like a brand new Sith Lord. It's a brand new type of villain and brand new planets. And, and just like, uh, it's just so much to consume. Now I read a lot of star Wars novels, so I have some practice dealing with this. So it's, I don't think I hated it probably as much as both of you, but it was a lot to get through. Also, I will say I've already started the next book in the series and it is way better already. <laughs> because well, why didn't we read that one? <laughs> well, because you have to get me the first one. No, it's way better, A, because I think the author maybe is a little stronger. I, I love the other stuff she's written in the Star Wars universe, um, Claudia Gray. And also it it's already been set up. Yes, there's new characters in the second book, and it's a different story, like a side storyline, but the heavy lifting's already kind of been done, I think. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's a lot to say even before we get to spoilers um, about this book. I would like the record to show that my jaw had dropped when Rico yes. said he agreed with me and Laura because that's probably <laughs> never happened when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Rico and I have ever That agreed. is not true. I agree with what, you. What have we agreed on? We have agreed that The Last <laughs> Jedi isn't the best movie. But we have very different opinions about why it's not the best movie. 
okay, we should do a whole separate mini soda. I Wars. know we really can't. <laughs> I'm down. We really can't that. get into that. Um, ooh, okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're going to steer this. That. Let's steer this away from the book. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I just feel like we often don't like we might have like, oh, yes, it's a bad X, Y, Z. But our reasons for it tend to be very different be- just because we're different people. So sure. I am just floored that you felt almost the exact same way. I was really identifying with what you were saying of like, I've read sci-fi books before. I've, like I said, I've read some Star Wars books before. It's never been this hard in my opinion. And in, again, my like vague distant memory to absorb these characters and storylines like this, it can get a little confusing, but usually it's so it's such a narrower scope. And I think that this book really did try to do a lot in like listening to the audiobook and seeing the book, which people I don't know why I'm like holding up the book. People can't see it. Um <laughs> it's not very big. It's, Use your words, Bella. <laughs> it, it's um not even 400 pages. It is 380 pages. Like, that's not a It feels like a longer book. It It, does. It felt like like when I got to chapter 18, I was like, oh, we're almost done. And I was like, we are not almost done. I don't don't know I'm going to do this. I I just, I feel like a lot of the exposition just was not needed. And it it seemed more like the author was geeking out over the technology that he was creating for the story. I don't know if you guys felt that way, but there were so many times when it went into detail about this machine or this ship and all of the different uses that it could be used or all the, all the different things it could be used for. And like, you know, just went into super detail. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, maybe this is going to come in handy. They're going to use this for something later in the book. Yeah. No. I And I like more indirect exposition. Like I like it to be explored in the context of the story. So I don't like to be told... Oh, the reason he could tell that somebody was there was because his antennas pick up the pheromones of the person hiding. And I was like, yeah, that just sounds weird to me. Like, <laughs> it just, it just, it didn't feel organic to the story. Whereas, like, if they, if, if it was something more like, you know, he sensed that the person was in the corner and he looks over, his antennas were right there was a person there. Like there was someone still on the ship. I don't know, like just kind of more organically flowing into the narrative um, rather than almost being an aside to the reader. Like, oh, I know you don't understand this, but his antennas can sense the pheromones of the person hiding. Like, okay, okay. this is a lot. Just tell me where the person is. Like, I don't really care. I'm going to stand up for my buddy Charles here and say that <laughs> because it's the first book in, in a in a brand new series. Yes. It, it, and, I, and, it, and it's a Star Wars book that. Here's the conflict I'm talking about, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. <laughs> this, this is the classic Bella Rico dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's tough because on one hand, he's writing a sci-fi novel, right? Sci-fi so, is so, so you just have to write a sci-fi novel. Great. Um, you have to include enough information for people who maybe don't know what star wars is right so when you say a jedi uh, what rock are they living under that they don't know what star wars is and they've picked up this book let's be real know your audience I, you know i'm sure i'm sure someone out there exists where they laura's don't on know my side you guys laura's over book. here like mm, she's got a point i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I don't know star wars is not gonna start with this book 
You're not going to pick this <laughs> up <laughs> and be like, like let me. It's a brand new thing that's not connected to anything else. Laura, okay, you you're you own a freaking comic book store. You should know this better than anybody. There's there's a lot of people who want to get into comic books. But where do I start with Spider-Man? I've never read a Spider-Man comic. Which Spider-Man comic should I read? There is 70 plus years of Spider-Man comics. That's true. Like, how do I jump in? You know what's an actual perfect start? Like, let's connect this to Star Wars. What's a perfect starting point for a Star Wars novel? How about this one? It's brand but new. But how do they know Spider-Man? But because you just know it, it's in the zeitgeist. Like it just exists. That's, that's what I'm saying. But you Star Wars need, is in the zeitgeist. Know, but you don't need to know everything. The Look, point I, I'm trying to say is is what you're trying <laughs> to say is this is, his first, this is first, <laughs> the first book in this series. I'm gonna fight you on he's this. The one that's starting it off. Get your lightsaber. Yeah. Meet me outside. Yes, there's we'll a lot it. that he's he's got a lot of pressure, a lot of information that he's probably trying to share with us. Yeah. So maybe a lot of the exposition we learned didn't help out with the story in this book, but maybe it'll help out in the later books. Yes. Laura's, Laura's the nice one, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would like to say that my comment about exposition being indirect versus direct and subtle and all that and like interwoven in the narrative, I will bring that up in every book that I read. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And as now an English teacher and someone who's taken writing classes, it's always like the first thing is like, don't tell, show. Like, show me what you're talking about. And if you can, right? Like, yeah, the pheromone thing is a bad example because, like, how do I show pheromones in a in a book? Like, the person's not going to know. But there are creative ways to, like, dig into these things. So I will always say that, Rico. If you so, like good, well-written you exposition, like you should yes. read The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. It was our second episode, I think, with Emma Skies. I was going to say that sounds really familiar. Yeah. Okay. That one, we actually talk about it in the episode too, is it, the exposition is so amazing. Like you don't even realize that you're reading exposition. Oh, that sounds beautiful. That's a totally different book though. It's a totally it different It is a totally story. different book. It is yeah, a space it's, story, but, but it's totally a totally different, different book. I mean, Star Wars is all politics and planets and battles where Becky Chambers are just people on a ship. But there's a lot of cultures and stuff that you learn about. Just okay, add it to your TBR. It's okay. It's on my TBR. Don't you worry. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move forward. Let's jump into hyperspace and move forward. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because we need to keep this conversation going because... <laughs> One of us is turning to the dark side by the end of this episode, and I'm already in on the dark side. Well, I don't want to say names, but I'm already uh, there. Look at the look okay. At so the spoilers <laughs> uh, again. Spoiler warning: um, We're going to be talking to detail about a lot of this book. So if you haven't read it and you want to read it, just just know that or tread ahead. I don't know. I don't know your life. Do do you? <laughs> So the book starts off with the Legacy <laughs> Room, which is a cargo and passenger ship. It's speeding through hyperspace, and while attempting to avoid a collision with an unexpected obstacle, shatters into many pieces. The debris from the large vessel begins to emerge from hyperspace at different locations and points in times across the galaxy, causing chaos in shipping routes and disastrous loss of life where the pieces impact occupied of, planets. Some of the debris is actually also... Uh, containing contains people from the ship who are still alive mm -hmm. so that was like an additional uh 
disaster that they had to rectify also. <laughs> Correct. Now, for me, this was a really big, a really big introduction to the Star Wars universe for me. At least I haven't come across it. Where what is hyperspace? Like it's, I don't think it's ever really been discussed in the films at all. It's you just you go into hyperspace and you show up at another planet. Mm-hmm. And this for me was the yeah. first book that really discussed what is hyperspace. And there's a quote in there that I really like that explains that it's not like real space. Once a ship or anything else enters it, there's no way to encounter anything. You're in a bubble of space time that nothing else can interact with because each lane is, as far as we can tell, its own distinct plane of existence. This entire time, I always assumed hyperspace was just like light speed. Basically. That's what like I you thought just, too. You go really quickly, which is always kind of bugging me. It's like, how does time not pass? Like, if you're, you know, if you follow like faster than light travel in any sci-fi novel, it'll talk about so the dilation of time or the difference of time where you are traveling in less time than someone stationary. That's not a thing in the Star Wars universe, and this is why because it's freaking space time. It's it warps time. Which blew my mind. I thought that was such a big concept introduced into Star Wars. And I just wanted to get your take on it. What, what do you think about that? I thought that was pretty cool, actually. I, I forgot about that, again, because it feels like forever in the book um, <laughs> that, we t- that we talked about it. Um, but no, I actually, I did really appreciate them getting into, like, what is hyperspace and the fact that it is so unknown at this point. Because um, this is before the prequels. So I, I actually did really appreciate that, like that we did kind of back up and teach me something new about Star Wars that I, I didn't know. Um, and it's interesting to hear that you didn't know that because you read a lot more Star Wars novels and graphic novels. So maybe it was introduced in one I just haven't read them. I mean, there's so many I still haven't read. No, I mean, I do but. feel like that was a conversation, especially with like either Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, where they are tracking people in hyperspace and there was a lot of like wait how how are you tracking people in hyperspace like this why is this a thing now like we don't even know what hyperspace is and now this makes a lot more like this helps kind of explain i'm not a physicist i don't really care about the science (laughs) but this helps me make more sense of it i'm not one of those people that's like actually like i don't i don't know i don't care it's Star Wars. No as long as the care. story makes sense and I can follow it. So that part I followed and I, I really did enjoy that. Okay, so we're introduced to our first Jedi in the book, uh, Avar Chris. She attempts to aid the citizens of the Hetzel system to escape disaster. So all these Jedi gather together to use the Force to reroute a piece of the legacy run containing dangerous gas away from impacting a sun, which would have caused a supernova explosion. So the Republic Chancellor closes the hyperspace lanes and with the opening ceremonies of the newly completed Starlight Beacon, which, if you're familiar with Star Wars or not, it's divided into different rims. You got the outer rim, which is like the furthest planets away, which is kind of like the Wild Wild West. So they wanted to build a beacon, a station out there to represent the Republic. So you have the Starlight Beacon being built and it's going to be, um, the opening ceremony is only a few weeks away. She tasked the Jedi with discovering the cause of the emergences and finding a way to predict the next events. As they search the galaxy for answers, the pirate group known as the Nihil seek to take advantage of the closed hyperspace lanes. 
Um, so here we go, the introduction of our bad guys for this new phase, which are space pirates. How do we feel overall about the Nihil and their introduction? It just, it felt, it felt like they were just a bunch of pirate ships. Uh, I, I was not that interested in them too much. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting what they were doing and how they, um, function. Cause I guess technically they're all one group, but then they're also three within that. Um, so there's like a lot of politics about it too um but i actually was not very interested in in them until i started listening to the audiobook because the narrator made the leader sound a lot more interesting the i sounded more interesting i liked the voice that he used i'm actually really glad that you both listened to at least some of the audiobook because i listen i love star wars audiobooks for the sound effects and for the music because they really are like full audio Production mm-hmm. like audio dramas, which really bring bring the stories to life. Um, I thought you both are just going to read it. I'm like, oh, you guys are going to miss out, but but you know how good they are. So the recommendation <laughs> is listen to the audiobook if you can. Yeah, highly <laughs> recommend that. If you are really wanting to commit to this book and you want to read it, please read it. Listen to the audiobook. It's going to be much better. <laughs> So the the leader of the Night Hill has devised a way to predict a path of the next emergence and manipulates the Night Hill leaders into a scheme to blackmail the planets who will soon be destroyed by the debris. Later in the book, we find out that Marshawn Rowe, the, the leader, um, he confesses to one of the Jedi he captured that uh, the entire accident with the hyperspace and the legacy run and the emergences um, was all orchestrated by him. But I don't know how he is able to predict where out of hyperspace they're going to emerge it's it's maurice and Teka is the secret weapon and this is yeah again where i'm very confused there was a lot introduced in this book and i definitely missed that but she is a force sensitive human female hyperspace prospector and member of the sun Teka tika clan and somehow she's still alive. She's very old. And some of the Jedi know about her. Um, Marlo and Velis know about her. That's I'm like, I'm so confused. I Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> specifically, but I think it was he used her and her okay. her knowledge or whatever, her Something to do with she, her paths or something to figure it out. Yeah, she's like comatose. And I'm very confused about like how this all works, but she's somehow comatose and like in a chamber on his ship and telling him where they're going to come out. So she's just like an oracle. kind of. Yeah. Person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember reading or listening to it, but I think I, I kind of checked out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so as space pirates do, they begin to fight with each other and greed overtakes them. One of them reveals his presence to the Republic during a failed blackmail attempt. And the Nihil are confronted in space by Republic and Jedi fighters. Uh, Martian Rowe, who is the eye of the Nihil, the de facto leader, uses the infighting to seize full control of the organization. 
He then sends the Night Hill forces to the planet Elfrona to kidnap a wealthy family. Uh, Jedi Master Loden Greatstorm and his Padawan Bal Zedifar foil the attempt, but Loden is captured by the Night Hill. Uh, Martian Rowe, this, like I mentioned, this is when he confesses the great storm that he orchestrated the entire thing. He orchestrated the, the, the hyperspace accident, the emergences, and the Jedi's rescue of the family in order to create chaos, which led to his new control of the Night Hill, as well as to capture a Jedi. And then he has more plans for the Jedi and the Night Hill that have yet to be revealed. This, for me, in the book, was the... This is where I started caring. Same. Once he started revealing the bigger plans and that we started finding out that there's more to his backstory that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's somehow connected to the Jedi maybe, or there's just more to him. And this is where it's like, Oh damn. Okay. I guess I'm going to continue reading. Cause I want to know now, now you have yeah. interest. Well, there's even a line somewhere like he, he wasn't worried about taking his mask off. Cause nobody's going to recognize who he was or something like that. Um, Implying there's a lot more history to him, his family, his father. He mentions his father a lot. Um, And I just thought I, I, he was definitely more interesting to me because through the whole book, it just seemed like he was this really quiet, uh, soft-spoken guy who's just kind of like doing whatever telling these guys where to go and then just slowly through the book you start seeing he's actually a a cruel person and you start seeing that he's actually got something going on that you just don't quite get until that that end where he explains it um I feel like that is he is the the character that this book is definitely building up to. Like the book has all these different characters, but I felt like when I got towards the end, I felt like Martian Rowe is the main character. Yeah. Interesting. Who did you think was the main character, Bill? I I don't <laughs> really know. <laughs> Because there wasn't um, one, that's why. That's the answer. That's why I'm like, that's there, there interesting. Was um, exactly. I was like, huh, I didn't take that away, but I don't think you're wrong. Um, I guess, God, I mean, Star Star Wars. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of main characters, but who is the, like, the protagonist, right? Like, in the, the prequels, the sequels, and the original trilogy, like the Skywalker family is like the group of protagonists you really care about. And I was trying to figure that out in this book, who might be leading into that because we're before the Skywalkers really become part of the Star Wars narrative at this point. I was wondering if um, Bell, the Padawan, if he somehow is really important later on but i'm just or or his master i don't know i was i'm really lost in general but that's why i was like hmm interesting that's a perspective i did not have (laughs) but i was very lost so i think i don't think you're wrong 
at all. I just, I don't know what the right answer is, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I honestly, like, it, it, I don't feel like it's written with a, a specific protagonist. I feel like this whole book was supposed, to, yeah, I think this is, the book is the exposition for the series, maybe. Uh. Like, I'm kind of wondering if this is, like, the foreword <laughs> of what the series is going to be. Like, if this is just giving you the, like, the word vomit of everything that you need to know. Because if book two is so different, that kind of tells me this was meant to be almost like an encyclopedia or a history book of what's to come. And, like, set it up for you. But I don't know. In, in Star Wars language, this book is the opening crawl. Yeah, yeah, so that's a great series. way of putting it, yes. Right, they flesh out the entire opening crawl into a full book so you know everything you need to know, <laughs> which is a lot. Which is a lot, and a lot of different perspectives telling the same yeah. story, like the whole intro part of the of the transport ship that eventually explodes, right? You get all the different perspectives of it happening with, like, the people on the planet the people on the ship, the captain, the the techs who are tracking it and are like, huh, something's about to hit. We should warn everyone. And then they die. Like, okay, I feel like that That, that prologue there. with the legacy run, I got I actually really liked the, the prologue. I actually thought that was really good. Yeah. Again, this mm -hmm. is where I feel like Star Wars, if he had done more of that one character that like we followed or three characters that we followed, but there was... Uh, maybe and maybe Everywhere. that's really what happened, but I just got very confused reading this. And normally, I can keep stuff like that straight. So, I don't know. so we've talked a lot about stuff we didn't really like or that was confusing. <laughs> but what did we enjoy? Like, was there anything that you really enjoyed about this? Did it do anything correctly for you, especially in terms of Star Wars? I really enjoyed the description of the Force. And the and how it looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. That was um, pretty cool. I I really appreciated, you know, in a positive turn of events, the exposition on everyone's different view of the force. <laughs> what a twist! Um, what a twist that I actually liked the over overindulgence of exposition. In this <laughs> um, but I did I did like that, and I actually appreciated how this author wrote with everyone's unique race and creed in mind that like to somebody from an ocean planet, the force feels like an ocean, right? That like they can feel the ripples and the waves from other people versus like somebody who's more attuned to sound hears it as a song. And so I, I really appreciated that it was like, they're all different, but they're all correct because it's all their unique view of the force, but they're all understanding it the same way in the end like and that's really what matters right it's like we don't all need to see eye to eye but as long as we all kind of agree on the common mission that's what's important and it allows them to work together and understand each other so i know i really appreciated that i thought that was it was beautifully written i think that he had an idea again like laura was saying like he really geeked out on it and i, I appreciated that level of of interest. I feel like that's something we don't hear about in the movies. Um, don't know about the other books or graphic novels, but that felt new to me and I really enjoyed it. 
I'm so glad you brought up the the Jedi who experiences the Force as music. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was beautiful. Me of, it yeah. reminded me of a Green Lantern character. I'm going to get real geeky here for a second, so bear with Nerd. me. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, the Green Lantern Corps in DC Comics <clears throat> use – they can manipulate light. They can make things out of light. Well, there's oh. a member that was blind. Their entire species mm. is blind. So how do you – use that power if you don't have any context of what sight, what color is. So for this uh, Green Lantern Corps member, his power was sound-based. Uh, he would That's cool. make things out of sound instead. That's awesome. Which that was awesome, like really cool. Um, and it reminded me of that. So anyhow, that's it. Geeky moment over. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. For, yeah. Uh, for this is a Star Wars episode. For now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you laura was there anything that you really you really enjoyed or did right by you um it's kind of hard to say specifically i think just i think overall i like the story of the book i just feel like there's too much extra stuff in it that i didn't necessarily need um and so it's really hard for me to pick out specific things that I really liked because there was just so much going on. Uh, I think overall, I really liked the uh, just like the opening itself, the yeah. the whole thing having to do with trying to save all these people and the planets and and whatnot. I thought that was really cool. I again though, I still feel like there was a lot of people that I couldn't keep track of. Um. But in my, I was trying to picture it in my head. I feel like if that had been something that I was watching on TV, uh, like movie mm-hmm. or like, you know, animation or something, it would have been super exciting and just fascinating to kind of like see how they're doing all this different stuff. Uh, I will say I do like some of the, the ways that they had to like think out of the box for trying to save people in the beginning. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, so like they, they had to work with the Jedi to try and slow down mm-hmm. like one of the, the debris or whatever with people in it. And they had to like mm-hmm. use clamps or something at the same time to grab onto it, to slow it down even more and like save the people in there and all this stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we've ever seen anyone going between ships in space without a connection. I don't know my terms here. Are you not? I I mean, do you not remember Princess Leia? Besides Princess <laughs> Leia, I'm the not last counting Jedi? that. <laughs> not you counting that. You mean on purpose. On purpose, going between one ship to another. In space. But we are talking about Force-sensitive people, so... I'm just saying, like, that that was kind of cool, because we've not really seen that where they're intentionally, like, I'm going to have to jump through space, got to make sure I'm close enough, it's going to be a few seconds, whatever, and, like, you know, that's not something that I've seen. I don't know if it's in any any other books or whatever, but um, that stood out to me as different. I feel like we don't see it because it's not possible. They would freeze, right? Like that's where I do care about the science because I'm like that's something. I don't. I honestly don't know. I thought that was the case, but then I also read somewhere that is actually accurate. The body can 
last a certain number of seconds. You can. I think it was like 14 seconds that you can last. Um, That's very short. Yeah. But- All right. Yeah. I'm going to go back and record The Last Jedi and record that scene. Because... <laughs> I think it was more than 14 seconds. Okay, but again, if you're force sensitive, then she's a Skywalker. Get out of here. Anyway, to your point, Lori, (laughs) I I agree. For a story that takes place in space, there's actually a very little about what happens in space. Like, there's very little like transporting people in between ships. Like, you get that stuff in like movies like Gravity or any other like Earth based space sci-fi mm-hmm. there's a lot of i have to go outside the ship and repair something i have to do this but there's none of that in star wars yep. it's just we're on a planet or in a spaceship space is just what we're going through yep so yeah, that's a good that's a good point so i just thought that was cool because it's something a little bit like you just said like it's it's something more that like we can understand and uh more like what what we do or would do or whatever more along with our kind of technology or something was there anything else glaring that you did not like in this book that's worth noting because i have i have one big thing then you go first you go it's not a big thing but it's a big thing to me yeah there is no sassy droid there is no like Mm. star wars has they're known for the droids every era has really cool uh, droids every film has really ev- cool i was droids. gonna say every movie has a droid yeah. we get k2so and rogue one we get leet and okay. solo movie we get bb8 and you know the sequel including all some of the other little guys uh we get we get the cool little droid in the video game the jedi fallen order cal Kestis has his little anyhow but there's no droid in this they there's int- droids they, but they had droids. droids yeah but no partnership yeah. and i wondered if we were gonna get like an R1D1 or something reference in this. R2's grandfather. Exactly. Like like the first astromech the droid first. or something. Yeah. I no, don't were know. they just were they just droids? Like, do they even have personalities though? There was one that talks to him and he's like, I can't understand, I can't translate binary, but I'm sure it was something oh, like that's right. Like, oh, thanks for leaving me behind or whatever. Because it's when he leaves the droid behind on one of the many ships. I don't know. You guys, I also noticed that we are not using character names or like. There's too many characters. There's okay? too many. What are you talking like, about? I can name every single character in this book. Fuck you, Rico. You cannot. I can name Get out of here. three characters in this book. It's not even funny. I had to look up like on Wikipedia, like all of the characters because I cannot remember them. We got Loden Great Storm. We got Battle yeah. We got Avar Chris, Marshawn Rowe. We got the the Wookiee Jedi whose name I'm not remembering. Muriaga. Can I? Can I, I? I guess the thing that I have an issue with is the names are either like really generic space names or like Great Storm, which is a really cheesy name. I don't know how you guys felt about that. Oh, because Skywalker. Skywalker. Is, yeah. Star Killer. <laughs> okay, look. I know. I know that there was Dark you know, Lighter. Okay, I'm I just proud that, that you most were... of the names I were pro- I was pronouncing correctly before I listened to the audiobook. Yeah, same. I mean, Star Wars, I feel like there is a pretty good linguistical knowledge if you've watched the movies, right? Like they do kind of tend to they create their own language and we can usually follow along, which I appreciated that he he made it easy for us, but 
I didn't really like the names. It was hard to keep track of them. <laughs> One thing that made me laugh, I love in Star Wars, is we have a lot of these names that are really difficult or really grandiose, right? Great yeah. Storm, blah, blah, blah. And there's always at least one character who's like, oh, yeah, my name's Erica. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> That's it? Just Erica? I was like, what? Are you, at least spelled it. Is like that, was that a placeholder? Did they forget to change that? <laughs> I mean, we, you know, you get a Luke, but it's just, it's just funny because it's like, yeah, there's always these weird names. <laughs> So my name is Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Which, speaking of, Bella, you brought up the expanded universe that is in canon. Han and Leia's original kids. One of one of the twins was named Jason. I'm like Jason, really? I mean, I know my name is Jason, but I'm going to be the first one to say it's not a very Star Warsy name. You know, you're a product of the '80s, and so was that kid, Jason. So Jason was like an iconic '80s name. Let's be real, Jason. Uh, iconic in the way that everyone was named Jason. <laughs> Quintessential 80s child name. You will get no argument from me. <laughs> I know. You have the coolest last name, Rico, but That's your parents only, had to go with only Jason. Thing that saves it. Yeah. Man, just uh, missed opportunity. Like Mui, you could have been Mui Rico. <laughs> what? That's my middle name. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get to how we'd rate this book, although I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. Uh, currently on Goodreads, this book is rated 3.93 out of over 16K ratings, which on Goodreads, a high three, I would say, is average. So that brings us to a brand new segment of the show. Is this book shit? Or is it the shit? <laughs> Can we keep the sound effects for all the episodes? Until we get sued. Until someone tells us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so we're getting rid of the star systems. No no five stars. We're keeping it pretty simple. Just, did you like this book? Yes or no? Who wants to go first? I think they already know what we're going to rate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But officially, you got to say it. I feel really bad, but I feel like I'm the only one who's going to say it. This is shit. Okay, so we got shit from Bella. Laura, you're doing a thumbs down that no one can see. Shit. So that's that's the shit from you. And I'm going to say out of the two, I'm going to say it's shit as well. Wow. This pains me, Rico. This binary system of rating really pains me. But this actually, this one, I'm totally fine saying shit. Sorry to the author. Just like tattooing has binary stars. You I know, think we need an binary. abridged version of this book. It it just yeah. it started off really strong. I was captivated by the first few chapters, and then uh, I'm not really sure exactly what happened, but things just kind of got real messy and complicated. Yeah. And, Jason, yeah. if you're going to continue reading this series, then maybe we can just like meet up when you finish a book. Yeah, and can you, you just, just summarize can you it for give us? Me the sure. podcast. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we could do a separate, you know, Jason Star Wars corner. And just tell you about the next book. <laughs> I can't believe we all voted that. <sighs> well, for once, we're all in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Have we had a book before where we all voted it wasn't good? Not with me. At I least. don't think we have. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay. So I know. I know. I just said we're changing the way we're rating stuff. But just, just to contextualize, where in the star rating would you put this? Two. Two stars. 
Laura? I would probably say three. Yeah, I would say it's probably around a three. And so to answer your question, I think in the past we've all rated books around the three area, which is average. Um, so I don't know. This might be the first book where we say it's not good, although it's probably well, average. <laughs> there's times, though, when we, we would say, well, I would rate it three, but if you like XYZ, then I recommend it. Yeah. Whereas with this one, if we were to say it in that way, I would say I give it a three, but I don't recommend it. Mm, Which gotcha. is also why I say it's shit <laughs> because yeah, I think would, maybe we make that more clear. It's just so like, there's just so much going on in this book that I would not want to read it again, so I would not recommend it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to just an average person. Uh, I'd recommend this to a Rico. Who is me. obsessed with reading, more like skimming, because I know he doesn't read. How um, dare you? You've admitted, sir. How dare you? You've admitted. Um, I would recommend it to someone who is a true Star Wars fanatic. Yeah. Who yeah. wants to get through this series, and you need to start with this one. It gives you all the exposition that the other books now do not need to do, because it's all in. Th- the 380 pages of this book. And that's why you should read it is if you are going to continue the series. If you are looking to start a Star Wars book, I would not start with this one. I would ask Rico for a recommendation. Oh, there's so many other ones that are way better than this one. Yeah. I think that this is an adequate expository <laughs> intro novel for this series. Jason, and how you far? You can read it if you want to read that. <laughs> how far along are you in the second book? Uh, just over 40% in. Okay. When you finish it, yeah. I want to know what you think. Like, no no spoilers. And you can let us know if you think it would be a good book to read, like, better than this one. And is it okay for people who didn't read the first book to just jump into the second book? Don't tell me now. Let's wait until you read it. Well, I, could already, I, I could already answer that. I could already. I just want to learn more about Martian Rowe. So when you get through the books. Okay. I will tell you, you just that. just get back to me on that. Because I, I want to know more that. about him. When Lucasfilms makes an animated series, I will be the first to read it. Or watch it. <laughs> That's. Well, they're not making an animated series, but they are making a live action series set during the High Republic era. Okay. See, I'll watch that. Which Sounds one good. is that? The Accolade. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I don't know where it fits in the storyline, but it's set during this era. So yeah, who knows? You never know. <sighs> okay. Anyhow, we've we've <laughs> we've talked enough about this book. Uh, it's a bummer we didn't like it more because we're all big Star Wars fans. But you know, what can you do? Um, what are you both reading next? Well, I already finished Malice, so I'm reading Miss Rule for our episode next week. Next week. Next, next week. week. The episode comes out next hey. week. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really excited to talk about that book. 180. I actually read that one instead of reading this one on time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I need a break. It's getting boring. And then I finished. Wow. <laughs> Malice. <laughs> and hence why I requested an extra two Because <laughs> I read the other book. Um, I was really, I 
started with this one because I knew that was going to happen and it did not captivate me and I finished the other one. But I have not read, read Miss Rule yet, so you're welcome. I held back. <laughs> I, attempt, I attempted to read this one and I still didn't finish it. <laughs> what about you, Laura? What's next for you? Um, I am going back and forth. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I know. Um, <laughs> They can't see it, but yeah, we can. After, She's like, oh, so what after, is I, next? after I finish my Some current menu. one, uh, I'm going back and forth between The Martian by Andy Weir or Dark Matter by Lake Crouch. I know, Jason, you recommend both of those. Um, so I know it'll be one of those. I'm just not quite sure yet. Rico, what's up? What's up in your? I'm reading more Star Wars novels. I'm on the second book. Skim list. I'm on the second book, and I'm going to read the next three in the series. I think there's no, there's four more. Have you read Malice and Miss Rule, Rico? No, but those are coming up next too. Okay, to be fair, here's what's next. I'm finishing this Star Wars book. I'm going to read a couple of the High Republic comic books because mm. I can get through like a few of those in one day, and then I'm going to read. Malice and Misrule for our episode next week, where we're going to be talking with the author, Heather Walter. So definitely come back next week for that. That's going to be really exciting. We're going to have Emma Skies on the episode. Uh, we're going to be uh, chatting, asking the author a bunch of questions. Um, should be a good time. Super excited about that, actually. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to meet Emma. I haven't met her, so yeah, that'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah. And you two, I'm, that, these books are not usually my normal type of books, but this is like right up both your alleys. So I'm really more excited to see you two talk to the author because <laughs> you'll have the right questions. I will not. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. And then also, since we're talking about upcoming episodes, I might as well mention uh, we do have another episode coming out at the end of this month. Um Speaking of Emma again, it's going to be our very first After Dark episode <laughs> where uh, Laura, Emma, and I read uh, Desperate Measures by Katie Robert, which was a dark romance reimagining of Jafar and Jasmine. Oh, there's. That was interesting. <laughs> I heard it got raunchy. Oh, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely an after dark episode. Oh yeah, that's definitely. I'm like excited to hear the episode. Only. Yeah. Um, we were drinking on the episode because we needed it. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to this episode, so I know what I'm in for the next time I'm on After Dark. Yeah. Because me yep. and Laura split our duties. I I'm taking <laughs> Malice and Misrule, which I would say is a very like. I was expecting like more graphic romance and I will say it's definitely a softer tone than what you guys described <laughs> for your After Dark episode. So I am very scared for After Dark, but I'm excited to listen to it. I don't think so. any part of Desperate Measure can be described as soft. And yes, oh. I mean, I, yes, I mean you that, mean that on every level. On yeah. every the reason level. it's called a dark romance. <laughs> I'm going to need Emma to really explain that for me when we meet because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some more prefacing. I, I don't, as a former Catholic person, child, I don't know if I'm ready to talk like that on, on live audio. But uh, again, maybe that's where alcohol gets involved. Yep, yep. 
So I'm really curious to see how y'all handled that. <laughs> well, well, listeners, if you're curious too, like I said, that episode comes at the end of this month. And you know, so if you've read Star Wars Light of the Jedi and have thoughts, want to agree with us, disagree with us, tell us what you liked and like, please, by all means, let us know your thoughts on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok now. Um, hey. So please, please give us your thoughts. We'd be happy to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Thanks to you, Bella, for joining us full time and being here for our season two premiere. Laura, thanks yeah. for, as always talking to, to me about these books. <laughs> of course. You know, as as they say, first is the worst, second is the best. <laughs> I realized I should have started with Laura because I was like, "Thanks, Bella," and yeah, Laura, you're here too, I guess. <laughs> um, you always are, so so yeah. unappreciated. <laughs> so this is going to be our best season yet, but then third third season is going to be the treasure chest. You know, we're just going to really start raking in that dough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that more. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of good books before third season. We have yeah, a lot of we have books. a lot of good yeah. books this year. I'm excited. So stick around. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, and until next time, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with y'all. Houdini! Houdini! <laughs> Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening.